transforming their gardens into winter wonderlands to hiring holiday stylists, some celebrities truly know how to go all out at Christmas. It's now a tradition for many celebrities to show off their extravagant decorations and lavish gifts via social media. But people are starting to get tired of seeing excessive wealth flaunted online during a cost of living crisis. Kate Hudson was berated online for lavishing a pony and Tiffany jewelry on her five-year-old daughter. And recently the Kardashians were called out for their ostentatious Christmas decorations, which has now become a yearly production. So today we're gonna to be diving into how did Christmas become all about conspicuous consumption? Why are certain celebrities so motivated to share their opulence on social media? And what effect is this actually having on us? Let's go straight to the comments. So Sarah, how as a culture do we go from a Christian Christmas to a Kardashian Christmas? I mean, it seems just in my lifetime, it has really changed. Well, I think that's the big question we're going to get into today. But one thing I want to ask is, is everyone having a Kardashian Christmas? Because you see it all online like that. But is that what mm. most people are doing, you know, in their own homes? And that's the thing. I was having a little look on Mumsnet into this topic and someone had written reply to someone asking how other people are for Christmas nowadays. And someone commented, some people seem to have an exhausting and expensive Christmas. They might feel unburdened when they stop buying matching PJs and Christmas Eve boxes and having their porches professionally decorated. I always thought that sounded so American because that whole professional yes. decorating thing. I've never, I don't think I've ever met anyone who's done that myself. We just had the same wreath on the door and, and you know, that um, electric candle in the window. Oh, but that sounds really lovely. And it's a bit like what we do in Norway. We put the little candles in the window. Mm. And seriously, I was thinking about this for our episode and how sort of religious Christmas felt for me growing up. You know, we had the nativity play, the hymns going to church, helping others in the community. And over the years, I think for me, the religious aspect has quite a little bit, well, it has actually faded. I don't go to church anymore. But Christmas for me is still about the message of goodwill and peace to all. But don't get me wrong, I do also enjoy the presents, the food, yeah. <laughs> the quality street and the Christmas specials. For me, Christmas was never really religious, but it was much more magical than it seems to be now. And it was essentially mm. about family coming together. And as the movies told us, that whole Christmas miracle. Mm -hmm. There was a focus of on what you could call consumption in my family. We'd wake up to presents. I think the highlight of the day was the Christmas dinner and always those Cadbury selection boxes. Oh, yes. Yeah, yummy. But it was also about tradition, essentially. Like we used the same decorations and we, we were just happy stocking fillers, you know. But when I think about today... It doesn't seem to be enough to just enjoy the presents and the decorations. There's this online one-upmanship of social media posts. And it feels like when you get a kid's uh, wish list or their present list, they're all really expensive branded items, which was not something that I had on my list when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. My baby cousins asked for half the Apple store when they were 10. And I was just like, nope. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So just as a disclaimer, before we launch into this episode, I do love Christmas and I'm not immune to all the things we're going to talk about. I'm definitely guilty of going all out at Christmas and spending a lot of money posting on Instagram. <laughs> but for some reason this year, I've slightly tuned out. And I don't know if it's because I put so much effort in the years before and I'm thinking about all the cleaning and packing away and yeah, yeah the money spent as well. But I also understand why lots of wealthy people have someone do it all for you. Yeah, it, for them, I think it just appears by, by magic. It's like they have a Christmas fairy. Uh, who wouldn't want that? 
Exactly. And in fact, in a New York Post article called How the 1% Have an Ostentatious Christmas, that's a mouthful, (laughs) it included a story about one family's request to a holiday decorating firm that they wanted their house to look like the National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, something that will really blind all the neighbours. I mean, can you imagine living next to that? It's like (laughs) the last thing I want is like a football pitch light coming through my bedroom window when I'm trying to sleep at night. Uh, You know, it can't be good for neighbour relations. There is our Queen of Christmas, Mariah Carey, Mm -hmm. who calls Christmas a production darling, and she's not exaggerating. Are you ready? Okay, hit me with it. Mariah rents out a $10,000 a night Aspen Ski Lodge for Christmas. She pays a specialist company $30,000 to do up the Aspen Mansion. Oh, wow. Her main tree is 19 foot high, and is decorated by professionals with the emphasis on gold. In addition, last year there were pine wreaths, mistletoe and holly, as well as 20,000 lights and trees surrounding it. On Christmas Eve, the children ski and snowboard while Kerry can be spotted in designer ski outfits like Dior or Chanel, in shopping in Aspen's Shishi stores. And in the evening, the family get an early visit from Santa Claus, who arrives in a sleigh pulled by reindeer, and they all pose for pictures by the tree. And then by Christmas Day, it's an absolute spectacle and mountains of presents. I mean, it's just every kid's dream. Well, all we got for Christmas when I was growing up was Santa on a tractor. (laughs) He'd turn up to the Christmas party. I don't think Brian would accept that. (laughs) No, no. no, I just had a down-home Christmas, yeah. (laughs) And, And actually, I think a lot of people were like, wow, like in the comments. But someone said, all I want for Christmas is electricity, food and some bills paid. And I know that's a bit of a downer, but someone did reply. And you see this a lot in the comments to Mariah's kind of decorations. She earned the money so she can spend it as she wishes. Yeah. And Christmas is also her brand or part of her brand. So I can understand why she goes all out for it. And also at this point, Mm -hmm. I mean, she's been a rich megastar for what, decades? She's probably forgotten what it's like to just to be an average person, an average family. So, I mean, she probably doesn't remember anything but this now. Yeah, I agree. It's her business. And I actually rewatched the All I Want for Christmas is You video. Do you remember it? I do. I do. I mean, it's so famous. Yeah, it's actually really sweet and quite low key in comparison to her Christmas shows now. You know, she's just romping around in her little red ski suit and it's quite (laughs) modest, the cabin she's in, compared to what she's doing now. And it did make me think, I think we should start with the big question. What is conspicuous consumption? Well, um, conspicuous consumption, it basically refers to a display of overspending money on goods or services even to signal one's wealth and social status. And the term was coined by the sociologist Thorstein Fablen in 1899, so quite a while ago. Mm-hmm. But it definitely came into its own with the development of the nouveau riche during the Second Industrial Revolution, which was roughly 1860 to 1914. And I don't know if you've seen the show The Gilded Age, but it's, it essentially mm-hmm. covers this concept and that conflict between the old families with old money and connections and the new families who've, who've just made a lot of money trying to break into high society and basically throw their money around in order to to break into it. Yeah, I really love that show. And I remember there were some really great scenes where the Russells, you know, the upcoming family, were trying to break in and get the Astors to come to their party. Oh, yeah, they just really wouldn't accept them. No. Marketing professor Paro Shuckler has said, people tend to spend a lot on products to get social recognition, enhance self-image and signal prestige to others. And what's interesting is that research has actually found that the higher people perceive their own social class, either subjectively or objectively, 
the more they actually want status and material success, which, which in turn supports this conspicuous consumption by the high class individuals. And so to just break it down, it's essentially those highly recognizable Louis Vuitton luggage sets and the impossible to get Hermes bags. So basically, it's not just about spending money, but it's making sure other people know how much you spent. Exactly. But why is it so prominent at Christmas? Well, I mean, not to give you a full on history lesson, but (laughs) Christmas has had a long (laughs) and complicated history. So just bear with me. But um, in 336 AD, Pope Julius I, he actually chose December the 25th as the date when Christmas as the birth of Christ was going to be celebrated. And he chose that in order to adopt and absorb the traditions of the pagan Saturnalia festival. I mean, I knew the pagans celebrated winter solstice, but I never actually particularly heard of this festival. No, well, it, it was actually to signify the end of the harvest season and to honour the god Saturn, who was uh, associated with agriculture. Mm-hmm. And actually, it's it, interestingly, it's where Christmas trees come from, because uh, that's not a Christian thing. Both for the Roman Saturnalia festival and the winter solstice in Europe, pagans actually, they went and brought branches of trees into their houses to decorate their house and brighten their spirits. And that's really where it came from. But when Christmas first came into being, um, it was originally called the Feast of Nativity and the custom spread to Egypt and then to England by the end of the 6th century. But tell me, were presents involved back then? (laughs) I mean, we're talking about the Egyptians. They must have had a lot of treasure. (laughs) Yeah, well, I, I mean, gift giving has been around for a really long time. But it really did take off after the Industrial Revolution and the introduction of mass production because goods were so much cheaper and it was much easier to buy so many more. And it started to assume a really strong economic importance. But the shift towards commercialism, you know, it's, it's for many years triggered criticism. Mm. And in response, there was this pushback to what was supposedly the true meaning of Christmas. So as far back as 1889 in the American magazine, They wrote, to give up one's very self, to think only of others, how to bring the greatest happiness to others, that is the true meaning of Christmas. But um, but despite that, there's been like no stopping the Christmas money train. It's not slowing down. Um, So Coca-Cola jumped onto this train and they helped shape what we now think of as the classic image of a fat, jolly red Santa when they started to include him in their Christmas ads in 1931. And it's really worked. I mean, I saw a tweet recently where it said, each year my Christmas celebrations begin with a Coke advert. It symbolizes the festive period is upon us. And it's really become a part, a big part of the Christmas experience. But interestingly for this year's ad, they've decided to push more the idea of kindness and how the world needs more Santas. I know, don't get me started. I find that hilarious. I mean, probably what the world needs less of is addictive sugar and plastic. It really feels like it's just another way for them to sell you more of their product. Yeah. And boy, is Christmas the time to sell. I mean, something I find fascinating is that the UK made 84 billion in sales from Christmas in 2021. The average UK family apparently spends over £1,000 on Christmas each year. But actually, this year, a survey said that people will be the most frugal ever. Which, you know, it makes sense because so many people are struggling just to keep up with the basic cost of living. And it feels really like social media. I know I'm always blaming social media, but like (laughs) it does feel like social media has driven this over the top display of wealth for Christmas. Absolutely. I mean, just look at the rich kids of Instagram. 
There are now so many accounts now dedicated to ostentatious displays of wealth and a chance to see how the other half live. For example, you see them spending Christmas jetting off to five-star snowy climates, posing with expensive cars, and my favourite, pouting in front of towering Christmas trees. Yeah, everyone has to pout. (laughs) Exactly. As someone commented, all I see is some very sad, lonely people seeking approval of other sad, lonely people. Mm. Another comment, bragging about wealth you didn't create, embarrassing. And then this comment, the true rich people never brag. It's funny that actually, and and it and it always seems obligatory, not just for the, these rich kids, but for celebrities to just capitalize on the festive period on mm. social media. You know, we talked about in our JLo episode that she uses every holiday as a chance to sell something and she does it pretty well. Oh, she really does. But I think people are starting to pick up on it. It's mm. not just us, Sarah. No. <laughs> uh, and that brings me to Kate Hudson, who actually, I do think doesn't seem an obvious candidate for conspicuous consumption. It's only from doing this podcast that I've started to notice that she's subject to a lot of comments on her Instagram about her displays of wealth. Yeah, I mean, I remember when that actually came up uh, in our review of the Oscars this year uh, with her getting ready with all the bling. Exactly. And she was there with her glam team, you might remember, and she was being brought trays of jewellery, having her hair done and her makeup. And I think for a lot of people, it's just getting too much. Anyway, it's actually interesting as I happen to see this documentary called Generation Wealth, which explores the obsession with Hollywood and excess. They filmed Kate Hudson and Kim Kardashian in the early 90s, pre-social media, living the high life while they were in middle school. I mean, there's this one interesting scene in this documentary where a director interviews a boy who went to the same middle school as Kate Hudson. And he really remembers her on the first day of school telling everyone, my mum's a big star, my dad's an even bigger star. And he genuinely found the way she talked very intimidating. And he kept comparing what he had to her and it was just much less. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I know about Hudson is that she's one of those social media posters who always seems to have this this kind of picture-perfect life. Oh, definitely. And, And this brings me to... The Christmas part, she's posted a range of Christmas posts over the years and had a lot of comments from people who want to have what she appears to have. For example, she posts a video from her Aspen Lodge on Christmas Day with her family, including her mum, Goldie Horn, and stepdad, Kurt Russell, opening mountains of presents in front of this huge fire. And some of the con- comments underneath were, and this is the general theme, it's like a beautiful Christmas commercial that kind of makes you tear up. And someone else commented, why does your life look like a movie? Another comment, makes me cry, hashtag family goals. And then this comment, I hope you know how lucky you are to have a big family and friends. Only have a very small number I can count on, maybe four to be honest. So glad the holidays are over. I just think everyone wishes Goldie Horn was their mum. So yes, <laughs> that's the biggest part of it, I think. And Kurt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> and living in an Aspen Lodge. Yeah, yeah, they just grew up on Overboard. But I imagine that not all the comments were positive, right? No, they weren't. In fact, she's definitely been called out for her excess displays of wealth. You know, in Christmas 2022, she posted a picture of her giving a pony to her five-year-old daughter, Rani Rose. And there were a lot of comments reacting this saying, a pony as a Christmas gift? Seriously, I used to adore you. And actually, Kate recently posted pictures of her with her boyfriend and Rani Rose, all with matching Tiffany Love Lock bracelets. Her caption was loved and locked and it got quite a backlash. Here are some of the comments. I mean, in today's economy, when Americans are struggling to survive and you're going to talk about bracelets that can cost thousands of dollars, how out of touch can you be? 
And then this comment, why are you always selling something? Mm. And another comment, screw the mortgage, let's get matching bracelets. <laughs> and then someone else just had it and they said this, who is this actually aimed at? Unless you're a celebrity or have generational wealth, who can afford to buy their child a $6,000 bracelet? What are we teaching the little one? about being modest you know maybe it's just because i'm from yorkshire and you know yorkshire has a reputation of we we don't like to waste money but even if i was insanely wealthy i don't think i would spend six thousand on jewelry for a child i just wouldn't the thing is with kate hudson there are some people who are complimenting her on her success and there was this comment in reaction to people complaining about her showing off her wealth Someone said to them, your mindset is key to your success of any goal. Completely ignoring the fact that she was born into money, of course. Exactly. And in response, someone replied, mindset does not cure poverty. No child living in poverty brought it on themselves by having a negative mindset. But her post is fairly tone deaf. No one is going to criticise Kate Hudson for posting a family picnic or beach photos. But the conspicuous consumption is gross. But you know what? That's the go-to when people see other people's success. Uh, particularly in America, where the message is very much that you just need to hustle more, be a self-made millionaire, and then you can achieve the American dream too. There's no discussion about people having to start from different spaces or having all these roadblocks against them. Yeah, or privilege, exactly. Mm. But one comment said, wealthy people have the most fun. And I was thinking, do you think that's true? I mean, I've never been wealthy, so I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know... Obviously, money can buy you a lot of things. Uh, I don't think anyone's going to turn it down. But I've also, on the other side of it, seen loads of rich kids in rehab, miserable. Their parents have thrown money at them to shut them up. And to be honest, I really didn't envy them. Mm. But then on the other hand, I do like shopping. And I think actually more important than that, it's the things you can do with the money, like travel and comfort. So it's not what you can buy, but the experiences you can afford to have, the places you can visit, you know, that's the best part of money for me. I'm with you. But this is a theme that's come up quite a lot with her. And, you know, the idea that she's out of touch. You know, even The Sun criticised her in an article titled, While our nation's economy teeters on the brink of depression, it's good to know that big stars like Kate Hudson are pretending they are just like you and me. And basically, the story was about that she claimed she was going to cut back on Christmas expenditure to combat, you know, the recession, saying that she will be employing her craft skills to make her family gifts. Really? The article then goes on to say that Kate and her family are going to celebrate Christmas by skiing in Colorado. They accompanied that with a photo of her taking a private jet to Aspen, then playing snow polo. To be fair, I would say it feels like she's in a bit of a tough space. I mean, I mean, she obviously has money and connections. She was born into it. Uh, when she flaunts it, she's called out for rubbing it in people's faces. But when she tries to act humble, it really does make her seem quite fake, especially if she's sort of claiming she's going to have to make Christmas presents, but she's taking a private jet. But I'd also, I also really want to point out that um, there is a reason that all these Instagram accounts, you know, of the rich and famous are so popular. People obviously want to see them. Um, Either they want to live vicariously through them or even they just want to hate watch them out of jealousy. But but they are incredibly popular. And it's not just a new thing. You know, even before we had social media, we had that. I always remember that MTV show Cribs where uh, Mm. people could look into the most extravagant celeb houses, you know, and that was long before social media. Do you do you remember that show? Yeah, I do. And actually, it came up in this documentary, Generational Wealth, that they always said that you always had the same formula. You know, all celebrities in the 2000s had to go on that 
you know, they had their McMansion, they called them, they had the cars, the cinema rooms, and then they always went to the bedroom and said, this is where the magic happens. (laughs) (laughs) Same line. It really did glorify the luxury lifestyle. But where I actually think it, it feels different these days is, you know, with social media posts, it's not just showing off what you've got it's usually selling you something Mm. too but often and this is where I feel like it's a bit murky is it's in a subtle way where they're not overtly saying they're selling you anything they're trying to make it look like this is just my real Mm. life and you just you know that product placement thing these are products they probably got free themselves and it's part of a whole brand sponsorship and it's quite subliminal and it just feels manipulative and I think people don't like that feeling Mm, I agree But to be fair, Kate Hudson doesn't have a monopoly on conspicuous consumption. I would argue that the queen of that is, drumroll, Kim Kardashian, you know, (laughs) and just like JLo, it's it's really all linked to selling. It really is. And, you know, it's so true. She even said in 2020, we can post something on social media, make more than we do on a whole TV season of Keeping Up with the Kardashians. I mean, that's a lot. And when you think of the title of their show... It's even based off the phrase Keeping Up With The Joneses, which came from a comic strip of the same name, which was created in 1913. And the the strip depicts the social climbing McGuinness family who struggled to keep up with their neighbours, the Joneses of the title. And so this was essentially that time period when the phrase conspicuous consumption was coming into being. And that's what was being talked about. So they've named themselves after the whole kind of concept of conspicuous consumption anyway. To me, it is their brand. They're very, it feels very materialistic, very about aspirational living and, dare I say, the American dream. And they've really always capitalised on Christmas for this as well. So, um, you know, this year, Kim showcased her over-the-top Christmas decorations on Instagram. And there was a video of, well, I mean, it must have been dozens of trees in her front yard. And they were covered in these, like, bright white lights that were wrapped all the way from the trunks up to the crowns. And one person commented, you need sunglasses at Kim's house. And uh, another joke, you can see Kim's house from space. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but on a more serious note, you also had comments like, think of how many less fortunate people these overindulgent celebrities could help during this holiday season, rather than their display of selfishness. And finally, Kim just loves rubbing her money in everyone's face. But look, I, I do think that for me, the Kardashians have really taken it to another level, Christmas. I mean, they really push Christmas. They have their annual, is it their Christmas card? They always have like matching outfits, like they have themes. They go big on the decorations. I mean, like everything about it is super extravagant. Well, you know, I think even extravagant is an understatement. In 2016, Christiana had a life-size glass polar bear as part of Oh, yeah, I remember that. And um, you actually sent me the TikTok video of Kim and North from this year. And there were just Christmas trees in every kid's room, like full size ones, totally fully decorated. Some had Chanel baubles and others had designer handbags. And there were so many comments about this. So one, this is a fascinating glimpse into a family devoid of substance, meaning and true depth. Instead, we see superficiality and spoiled children. It's a hard pass for me. Mm. This next comment, uh, you know, actually, I think it really hit the nail on the head for me, which was how much of her house did she decorate with her kids? How many ornaments Mm. did her kids pick out and hang up on the tree? How many of those ornaments were from Kim's childhood? There'll be no real memories for her kids to look back on once they're adults. 
all they'll remember is that a bunch of stuff was put into their house by decorators at Christmas and then taken away after it was over. Actually, that is really sad because I always remember I cherished the little things I made, like even like paper um, Christmas angels Mm. I put on the tree. I'm not saying we don't know for sure if they're doing that, but like when I saw those trees with those gold glittery handbags, I just felt like, oh my gosh, you know, anyway, I'm feeling a bit too much of the Grinch. (laughs) But but I I, I do want to try and understand, like I probably know the answer, but, but why do they try to capitalize on Christmas so much? I would actually argue it's not just Christmas. I mean, I've seen the Kardashians try to use any holiday to go big and, well, Mm. create content because I think that's always their aim. So at Halloween, Kim had an entire archway of skulls erected. It actually looked like a museum installation. It was so, uh, you know, intense. And then for Kylie's 22nd birthday, her partner at the time, Travis Scott, he filled her entire mansion with roses. And I'm talking giant mansion and I was just like that's a lot of roses to clear up afterwards yeah but it makes sense that their family would really try to take over Christmas because a big part of their brand is family and Christmas is the ultimate family holiday but they always have to do it in such a way where they show everyone they can do it bigger and better than everyone else and and, I mean I feel like I'm saying something very obvious that everyone probably listening knows is that they feel more like a brand and a business than a family. And I think that's kind of like, I've been trying to watch some of their episodes of Keeping Up With The Kardashians because I really thought, I feel like they're everywhere, but I don't really know them. And I watched a bit of it and I was like, oh my gosh, it is just like, it is pure advertising. Mm. I mean, if you break it down, their entire claim to fame is just fame itself. And Vox even said about Kim, Mm -hmm. her entire image is about exposure, living every part of her life in the public eye. She's a celebrity whose fame is perpetually sustained just by her mere existence. She doesn't need to sing or dance like Beyonce or act in movies like Jennifer Lawrence, which, I mean, essentially it means that they have to be ostentatious in order to get the attention they need in the first place. Yeah, that's a really interesting point because, like you said, it it feels quite self-fulfilling. By showing off her wealth on social media, she then gets more followers and then she's able to make her reported, I think it's something like 2 million per social media Ooh. post. Yeah, exactly. And she does this by encouraging her fans to buy something in order to try and feel like they can buy a small part of her lifestyle or that they can buy her face cream and they're suddenly going to look like her. You know, I have to admit, I have to confess, I'm a sucker for beauty products oh, and yeah. new ones and ads. and But it's always like, you know, this latest review where... Uh, everyone's raving about it you've got all these positive reviews this is the you know and I always end up trying it as if it's somehow gonna miraculously work but I think that's just the beauty industry's mo hasn't it for 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 centuries now it's always been like that oh that allure that promise of that miracle cream that's suddenly gonna de-age you and make you look like Beyonce which would be really weird (laughs) well it would be weird to turn me from a white woman into an American singer but you know, they conveniently forget to mention the role of plastic surgery and genetics that are probably much more important than these creams. Oh, yeah, exactly. But actually, Sarah, with this conspicuous consumption, I've actually seen quite a lot of negative consequences for Kim. Yeah, and her kids, because uh, this year it made the news that Kim revealed that her eldest daughter, North, had cried about how she wishes she could live a more laid back life like her dad. So she was saying, He doesn't have a nanny. He doesn't have a chef. He doesn't have security. He lives in an apartment and she'll start crying. He has the best house. It's not super big. The vibe's better. But 
actually laid back. I mean, I mean, it's not really the word I would associate with Kanye West. My God, no. I mean, if he's getting blowjobs in in gondolas, it's like <laughs> I'm walking around in what looks like a gimp outfit half the time. I'm like, yeah, I don't know that that's <laughs> aspirational to me personally. <laughs> On an actual more serious note, there was an even bigger fallout of this, uh, you know, conspicuous consumption. And that was in 2016 when Kim was robbed and tied up at gunpoint um, in a Paris hotel. So the robbers stole, Mm. and I almost can't believe I'm reading these numbers, but more than $9 million worth of jewelry, including her $4 million engagement ring. So that's a single ring. I mean, can you imagine walking around with that on your hand? It's basically more than most peaceful houses, right? Probably where I grew up, my street. But it's just, <laughs> honestly, I would be so scared to have something so valuable on me. I would actually feel very vulnerable. It also is so big. I'm so klutzy. I would just be constantly catching it on things, to be honest. I'd have to like never lift anything myself. But it was obviously very traumatic for her. She suffered PTSD and she said that she thought at the time she was potentially going to be raped or killed. So I can imagine that was a terrible experience. But despite that, one of her robbers, after he was caught, he actually blamed her for the robbery because she'd flaunted her wealth. And um, he he went in an interview and said, since she's throwing money away, I was there to collect it. And that was that. Guilty? No, I don't care. Not just him, but even uh, famous people like Karl Lagerfeld blamed her. He said, if you're that famous and you put all your jewellery on the net, you go to hotels where nobody can come near to the room. You cannot display your wealth and then be surprised that some people want to share it with you. And share it's quite a nice word for still, I think. Yeah, and I I find that quite bizarre, actually, because, yeah, I know he's passed away and all that. And I don't want to speak bad about him. But I thought his thing was to sort of show off his wealth, you know. Mm. Didn't he have an Instagram account for his cat and it showed the cat flying on his private jet? So I don't get that. Yeah, there's a little bit of a pot calling the kettle black kind of thing there I would say but interestingly a lot of people seem to really revel in what they would describe as her so-called karma so for example there were comments like Kim Kardashian doesn't care what happens to any of you why do you care what happens to her another without flaunt they'd have nothing and just serves her right really and this one which Mm -hmm. probably is taking it you know quite a bit too far is the French cut off the heads of their rich just a suggestion Wow. And I also want to tell you about this. I was quite shocked when I discovered this during the research. Um, there was a costume company at the time and they sold a, a, a costume kit called the Parisian Heist Robbery Victim Costume Kit. They sold it for $70 and it was for Halloween. And it featured a white robe, long black wig, black sunglasses, a fake gag, two feet of rope and a large ring. Oh my God. The way they described, wait for this, the way they described it on their website was... She has devoted her life to promoting American decadence, youth and hedonism, but all that flashy living caught up with her one night in Paris when armed men bound her, stole her jewellery and her peace of mind. This Halloween, have some fun with pop culture and dress just like the queen of social media. This is quite dark. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I was, I mean, I was shocked. And look, it did get a lot of backlash as well. And people did come to her defence. So there were comments like, Listen, she's not my favorite person in the world, but absolutely no one deserves this. It's horrifying. She's still a human being and a mum. But I do think on some level, now I think about it, I do think that from all the episodes we've done and what we've seen in the comments, there is this thrill from the downfall of the very rich. 
And it does remind me of when we talked about the Titan sub-disaster. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's like, well, they deserved it because they're billionaires. Yeah. And Vox even summed this up in an article where they, they talked about this incident and they described how easy it is to dehumanize celebrities like Kim Kardashian because of social media. So they said, if you think of Kim Kardashian as nothing more than a phantasm of Instagram filters, contour makeup and her mother Kris Jenner's genius business sense, it's much easier to explain the backlash directed at her. Mm. Washington Post Robin Given wrote, that's not because people don't have empathy for a woman, a mother, a wife. They just don't have empathy for a hollow brand. They've called Kim Kardashian the queen of social media and also the poster child of conspicuous consumption. But how much do you think social media has driven conspicuous consumption to new heights? Well, actually, I had to go onto Reddit and see what people were saying. And there was this comment, Instagram is nothing but bragging and showing off. Same old people doing the same old gloating, showing off their assets, kids, vacations, happy families, etc. Why do we remain tuned into such vanity? Are we all that addicted? People were happy as clams in the 90s with no social media. All it does is waste time and make you envious and depressed. And Mm. someone responded, I agree. And I'm glad to read someone else saying this. I really can't relate to people who use Instagram or any other social media where it's all about them showing off. It's either posting only the very best, romanticised epic and perfect sides of their sides of their lives, or posting about normal and trivial stuff like it's unique. You know, I think I'm actually quite careful about what I post because when I was growing up, my mum was super paranoid about things being on the internet. And I feel like I grew up, you know... Actually, I was more inspired by the romanticized ideas I saw in films rather than, you know, on social media. But with films, at least, you know, they're fictional. Whereas with social media, I mean, it it often tries to present itself as real life and you think it is, Mm -hmm. but it's not maybe. But I'd also say, you know, let's be honest, I am susceptible to advertising. Sometimes I'm like a bloody squirrel. I'll see it and then suddenly I want it and I've never heard of it before. (laughs) Suddenly I have to have it. Yeah. Sarah, you're honestly, you're not the only one. I mean, 57% of millennials in a recent study reported spending money they just hadn't planned to because of what they saw on their social media feeds. Mm. In this study, it said that millennials are putting 34% of their monthly income towards paying down debt and that unsecured borrowing is skyrocketing like never before with this group. And they also say that reckless spending and the pressure to obtain a luxurious lifestyle is the main driver of the staggering levels of debt people are now putting themselves in as they try to outdo each other. I would say that Christmas seems to be one of the most intense times for this. I actually remember a friend's brother getting in so much debt because they had to live this um, magazine lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And one year, and this was ages ago, so it'd be even more today, they spent something like $1,300 on new Christmas decorations. And they were already in so much debt. And I just, I, it blew my mind. I just couldn't believe it. I know, but Sarah, we, I know you're a very rational and conservative <laughs> person when it comes to your money. And I'm on the other end of the spectrum. I'm like very impulsive. And you know that I've had problems with impulse spending when I was younger. I definitely didn't have the money. Mm. And then I'd have this terrible, like, what do they call it? Buyer's remorse mm. and anxiety. I really can't imagine what it would have been like for me if I'd grown up with also the pressure of Instagram, like to sort of look like I was living the life. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm so glad I didn't grow up with that. And if, if you think I'm, well, I'm not that conservative, but I'll tell you my little tip. 
When you feel that need yeah. to have a little blowout, intense spend, go do it in pound land. I do it and I spend 15 pounds. <laughs> I can come out with two bags, but I've only spent 15 pounds. I bloody love it. doesn't matter if I want the stuff or not. I haven't spent that much. <laughs> How many loo rolls and plastic boxes do you really need? Oh, you know you'd what be I mean? surprised at what you, you can get a bloody hammer in Poundland. Or go to a car boot sale. You can get so much <laughs> stuff for like 30p. You know, it fulfills my need for just magpieing. <laughs> I've done that in charity shops with books for sure. Mm. But like, you know, I'm like we said earlier about beauty products. I'm, I am I really need my drunk elephant products. Oh, yeah. And I'm looking forward to going back at Christmas so I can buy them <laughs> cheap and bring them back to the Norway. But anyway, back to the back to the episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't think anyone's not heard of this cost of living crisis. But just to give a little bit of context, for, you know, across the UK, in England, Scotland and Wales, 75% of people cited the higher cost of living as the need to rely on actually credit to fund their Christmas this year. And according to a government survey, one in four families in the southeast of England are going to struggle to afford Christmas at all. Debt counselling charity Step Change said the public feel pressured to spend money at Christmas time. And one of the quotes they said was, against a backdrop of almost two years of high inflation, it's very likely that relying too heavily on credit at Christmas could lead to debt problems in the new year. Many adverts around this time of year imply that spending is the way to create a happy Christmas. But in reality, people would prefer their loved ones to be free from financial worries and problem debt. And I think that's something to remember. Well, actually, I saw a lot of comments about this on Mumsnet. And there was this comment. I get anxiety symptoms worse in December and I overdo on presents because I just want people to be happy. And then there's this comment. I've just been out Christmas shopping and I've had to use my credit card and store cards. My question is, how do people afford Christmas? Everything is just so expensive. And there was this reply. This is the first year that we've saved every month for Christmas and we've saved what we thought was a good amount. I then made the mistake of discussing Christmas shopping with some of the school mums and realised it was not enough. One mum was spending £400 on two tracksuits for her daughter. Mm. They said, I have a feeling most people put it on credit cards because I just can't understand how people can afford it otherwise. Yeah. You know what? It's not just the financial toll that Christmas takes. There's also an emotional one too. So, you know, there's this constant exposure to other people's happy moments um, and that can really affect people. And the more you use social media, the more you end up comparing yourself to others. It's really totally normal to question why others' lives seem so much better than your own and if it's really real. But with the festive posting, it can also make you feel just like lonely and left out particularly for those who already struggle with the holiday series season. And, you know, I think there are a lot more of people in that group than we actually realise. And it just immediately makes me think of the Sandra Bullock uh, film While You Were Sleeping, you know, she never had anyone at Christmas. Oh, I love that movie. I know it has a nice Hollywood romantic ending, but it is something about, like, not everyone has. It's like that feeling of looking in, yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, that little girl looking through the window at Christmas. I can't remember if that was a oh. little matchstick girl. Oh, or yeah. I also want to point out that the posting of conspicuous consumption and those these picture perfect lives is also damaging for the people who are posting it. So not just the people who are reading it. Anything that looks too good to be true, I think we all know it usually is. I find that the more someone has to prove how much they have or how great their life is, probably the lower their self-esteem is underneath it all and it's like they're trying to compensate for this feeling of emptiness and, and the more that feeling of emptiness grows the bigger they have to build their facade and they sort of get trapped in their own story so I, 
I think it's just unhealthy for everyone involved. I think you've nailed it because I do think once you start doing this, it's really hard, like, not to get trapped in your own kind of story that Mm. you've made on social media. But on a more positive note, there has been an upswing in what they call the de-influencing movement uh, on social media, which is all about combating this, you know, like all this materialism and all this consumption. So not like minimalism, right? Not quite. I mean, it's got the same sort of, I mean, it's very similar in its kind of ethos, but it's the idea of like, you know, when you get like all these videos now, like they call them haul videos uh, and they and the influencers sort of open packets and packets of products to promote and review, you know, obviously been gifted them uh, mm. by the brands. And, you know, like this was a big thing that the Kim Kardashian and all, all the Kardashians do and Kate Hudson did when she was particularly doing Fabletics. You know, she'd open up every month a new gym kit that you could buy. And it's like, how many gym kits do you really need or <laughs> yeah. makeup palettes or yeah. nutritional products? I mean, the list just goes on. And the idea is really um, coming from these sort of de-influencers online or these prominent voices now coming forward and saying like, you know, do you need all these makeup palettes? Do you need all these new clothes? Especially when you think about the environmental impact. Yeah, no, Totally. So I actually discovered this through Instagram with someone called Paige Pritchard, and she's like a spending coach to help with impulse shopping. She has some really great advice on how to navigate Christmas. Um, and she and she sort of really sort of emphasizes it's okay not to get people gifts. You know, I think people feel a lot of shame, like they can't afford to buy gifts. It's okay, though, to say to people, let's not just mm. do presents for each other, maybe just for the children or small things, or not at all. It's just about spending time together maybe spending time together is a gift you know like I'm flying over to see my mum and dad and that's how I'm spending my money Mm. is spending time with them at Christmas and and we also need to get over um the idea of the perfect holiday season you know I um really like everything to look like a Hallmark movie (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) which is a whole other thing in itself you know but this idea that you have the picture perfect Christmas and you know, just just, you know, let yourself off the hook. You don't need to do Christmas like that. And it's all about making a Christmas that is perfect for you. You know, it's like about how you feel. It's like that nice cup of tea. It's like the Christmas music. Because they say, like, when you really think about it, when you think of Christmas, it's what you remember and how you felt. Mm. And if you're sat there stressing about money and that you spent money you can't afford, or it's about making everything look beautiful on social media, but you feel a bit empty underneath it, what's the point? Yeah. Like just ask yourself, what's the point? And you really want to make it work for you. Yeah, I think a lot of people responded so well. So I really recommend following this lady. She's called Paige Pritchard. I'll put a link to her in the show notes. But someone commented, a clean house, full bellies and old decorations make a perfect Christmas. It's the little things. And then someone else wrote, I was just about to go to Target to buy some Christmas bedsheets. But then I saw this video and thought, you know what, I'm going to save my money and actually buy that bigger bed next Christmas that I've really wanted. And I thought that was great. Mm. I just want to say it's not like about being the Grinch and sort of stealing the joy that people find in Christmas, but it's actually about giving people permission to take the pressure off. As someone said, we often get into financial distress to make others happy or even trying to get the admiration of strangers on Instagram, which is quite bizarre. It's so true, though, and I think it drives so many people these days. In fact, I met somebody who had one of these amazing Instagram lifestyles but she wasn't who I expected online. She was actually a lot different. And I wondered if like her Instagram was, I don't know, like it almost disconnects you from her. Yeah, I, I know what you mean, because like I think with Kim Kardashian and Kate Hudson, they're entrepreneurs. And it's, it's going back to the point we raised earlier. Maybe we're still in this place that 
people see you have a successful looking life online, it it can actually it can actually be parlayed into that in reality. And that it's so important for branding. Exactly. And I think people are getting quite savvy and sophisticated in reading into these lifestyles that like people know that you can fake it till you make it. You know, even like with the Tindler Swindler story and like you kept seeing pictures of him in planes. And I think there was like a joke that like was he even sitting in a real plane. Was it just a fake set? <laughs> you know, which I know there's been lots of memes around that. You know, you think it's a joke, but people have probably done it. That's what's so worrying. Exactly. So Sarah, what are your final thoughts on this topic? Well, Christmas, it means such a lot of things to different people. And not everyone celebrates it. You know, it's easy to forget that. But whether you do or you don't, you definitely can't escape it. I feel like every year they start advertising Christmas merchandise earlier and earlier. But I can see within my lifetime mm. a shift where, I mean, it's just become more and more artificial. I've, I've even read stories about some people wrapping empty boxes just to make their tree look more impressive for Instagram. And social media has driven this need for conspicuous consumption to a point where, for me, they're really missing out on the best parts of Christmas, which is the family traditions, the games, and also remembering that there are a lot of people who are less fortunate. You know, growing up, I always associated Christmas time uh, with the Salvation Army volunteers quietly standing outside Tesco with their donation boxes. And my dad would always insist that um, we give to them every year. But 20 years ago, we, we wouldn't have had the same access to the Stars Christmas for comparison. And there's, there's that saying, isn't there, like, comparison is the thief of joy. So the holidays, they can be a really tough time for a lot of people. I don't think I'm the only one who would say, this year has been a really tough year. So for me, this Christmas, I'm going to just try and tune out all the outside noise and focus on the small moments that bring joy, like you said. And, you know, that can be going for a quiet walk in nature or just cuddling up to my cat. Oh, that sounds lovely. I can't think of anything nicer than cuddling up with my cat at Christmas. But in the meantime, Sarah, I've got a quote for us. Let's be naughty and save Santa the trip. That sounds like a good plan. <laughs> so we're planning some more Christmas episodes. Thank you for joining us. And we will see you next time. Thank you to our lovely producer, Emily. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe. It really does help us in reaching more people. You can also follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at S2TC Podcast. You can find out more about the show, get behind the scenes, come and say hello. Until then, see you next time. This podcast has been produced by Emily Crosby Media. 